Hey everyone, this is David from the Principal's Desk. I'm excited to bring you another episode of the Principal's Desk podcast. And uh, it is July. And I know folks will be listening to this kind of throughout the year, but but I'm recording this in July right now and it is hot. It's going to be well over 100 <laughs> where I am today. Uh, you know, I think the entire country is setting heat records. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems like every year in the summer, it gets a little, little hotter. Uh, and when it gets super hot, it's, it's kind of that reminder of, oh, we're probably going to go back to school pretty soon here. <laughs> um, so that's coming up here. If you're listening to this in the summer months here, if you're listening to this in the, in the dead cold of winter in January and February, you're probably wishing for those uh, warm uh, triple digit temperatures. But uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm joined today uh, by Brian Miller, and he is a principal in the great state of Montana. And yes, sir. I've never been to Montana, but uh, I met Brian, though, uh, through a lot of interaction here on the principal's desk and one of our virtual summits, but also at uh, the National Education or National Association of uh, Elementary School Principals. And um, I had a nice chat with Brian here. So, um, Brian, welcome to the show. Oh man, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, uh, is it hot where you are right now? Yes. Yeah. We're in the high 90s, low 100s. Same here, same here. We're not that far from me, but uh, it's hot. You're, uh, I, I know our, our, our listeners can't see where you are, but I, you're, you're back in your school building. Hopefully your yep. air conditioning is working We don't have air conditioning. Well. You don't have air conditioning? Nope. <laughs> my building is incredibly hot incredibly warm i got a couple fans going uh it's about all we can to put on shorts and a t-shirt but no we yeah. don't have air conditioning wow well i am sorry to uh, i'm sorry <laughs> to hear that um well you know that might that might make this conversation a little bit more uh, uh meaningful as you're sitting there and hot and sweaty um but as we're approaching the new school year uh you know we all know it's been a difficult couple of years in education here and and i, I would say in the past you know when we're getting to that start of the brand new school year you know, there's a lot of excitement about trying new things meeting your new students getting just back into that routine and getting into to the work that we love to do yeah. um but over the last couple of years I, I think it's really been a struggle for a lot of educators you know as we you know shifted to remote teaching and learning and just kind of all the things that went uh, along with the pandemic and just a changing in philosophies here. And I, I'm willing to bet that there are a decent amount of educators out there that are maybe not looking forward to sure. the start of the school year as, as much as they used to. Uh, what, what, do you, sure. what do you think about that? Do you, do you get that same sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ones that we, we chatted with at the conference, the ones that chat with either local friends or kind of throughout the country, um, Educators are always excited to be with kids and to be in this profession, but I think it's the burdens of it are becoming more and more where no one leaves excitedly. If they are leaving, they're leaving, you know, feeling frustrated, feeling depressed even, or feeling like they, they're, they're walking away from their passions, but either financially or socially, emotionally, whatever it might be, they just can't endure anymore. Um, and us, just like the rest of the country, you can see that there is 
a lack of interest for education because whenever we have open positions, it is incredibly difficult to fill those positions. Oh. So the people that are leaving, they're leaving not because they necessarily want to or they feel more like they have to, but then no one's really eager to jump back in and fill that position. So yeah, I think right. it's a fair fair statement to make. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it's something, something that uh, you wrote here and I have in my notes uh, that I, I, I really like, and I would love for you to expand on it here is renewing your educational vows. And mm. I've never kind of heard it like that before, you know, but in, in a way, you know, I used to joke all the time when I was, you know, still, you know, working in schools where like, you know, I, I'm kind of married to the school a little bit and like, sure. you know, Know, the job and and you know even though I tried to yeah, have that nice you know work home balance here it's hard and educators uh, you know I think we're a group of people that we're we're very invested in yes. you know the work that we do and the kids that we work with and the teachers we work with um, but I think you know we're all at that point where we don't we need to we need to reevaluate and to re-engage ourselves in that work and so yeah. uh, I'm curious you know when when you think about renewing educational vows um, what uh, if I'm a struggling teacher or struggling administrator and I'm looking ahead to this next school year going ah I just I don't know if I have it in me but I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna go into it like what what should I do how should I sure you know revitalize myself here well, I'm gonna back that up a little bit, um, but this this re renewing of your educational vows it was it was something that we did last year in my old school, and I, and I want to get to what it was and how we did it and why I thought it was fantastic, but it was more a a, a moment that grew out of uh, an even further back belief, which is making making things tangible with our teachers. So I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to this podcast are educational leaders to some extent, and what I've been wrestling with through conversations with different people through reading and researching is that education is and I think it's the number one like most stressful position uh, in, in our uh, in our world right now it's, you know it's in the top at least several uh, it's people are stressed and they're exhausted they're all the things that we've been talking about mm -hmm. and so when, uh, when we met at NAESP I did a, a presentation on entitled lead in the water and it's and it's this idea that like when we are if we're in water and we're in crisis everything, all these ideologies, all of these dreams, everything is kind of put on the back shelf. And the sole purpose of right now is to survive, right? And that's all I'm concerned about. And so if we are a leader, how do you lead people in that kind of mindset who are just in survival mode? And so what we need is tangible things, right? So even if it's just a, a mental, maybe um, crisis where there's not physical danger, but teachers, students, community members are just overwhelmed and stressed, their minds will reach towards what is um, in front of them, what is easily, what is easily grasped and what is tangible. And so trying my very best to give tangible reminders to my staff. So I actually give them pictures at the end of every year of uh, you mean this to me throughout the year, you mean this. And it's a very, it's a picture that they can put on their desk and there's specific words attributed to it. Um, throughout the year, I know teachers or principals try and do this a lot, giving those tangible handwritten notes, um, because mm -hmm. I want them when they're having a bad day to have something on their desk that they can physically see, physically touch. So I even give them like little gifts every now and then that are just very strong reminders of like, this is who you are. This is why we're here. And so that was kind of like, that's been kind of a philosophy of mine very recently. 
Um, text messages help, but they get lost in the thread of text messages. We're such a, um, a phone and, and technology-driven society that we don't have tangible things. And so at the end of last year, uh, we were handing out contracts. And as I was handing them to my staff and we were having some discussions about, hey, make sure you read over this or look over this, I had like this overwhelming weight of frustration that I'd lost a moment. I'd lost a moment to make something tangible because it was very systematic. Hey, sign this back. You have 20 days to give it to the district office. And I thought, sure. you're signing up for another year of education. You're putting your name on a contract. You're, coming, you're willing to come back to this profession. Why are we not embracing the hell out of this thing and making it a huge deal? And so I left that meeting. I went to my computer and I wrote an email and I said, be prepared. You know, in two weeks, we're going to do a renewing of the vows. And I left it very, very vague. And my staff was freaking out for about two weeks. What does this mean? What does this mean? <laughs> but I would just send out these little questions every now and then of like, what teacher inspired you to become an educator? You know, what's one of your favorite memories of your first couple of years? I just would throw those out throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Then the morning of uh, the day we were going to have these renewing educational vows, I just put a banana. I stole this from Stan, Stan Tall Steve. Uh, we put a banana in every one of the people's mailboxes that just said, bring this to the staff meeting. And so that's generating some excitement and some anxiety, all these kinds of things. And so when they walked in at 3.30, my secretary and I, we had put fake candles, kind of like those uh, the light candles, all around the library. We had music playing. There was a banana split line, so you can make this banana split. That's why they brought their bananas. Um, and then we just went through a process of walking through, why did you become an educator? What was your most influential teacher? I had preemptively gone to a couple of teachers that I knew would be excited about this, and I had them share some stories about their favorite teachers um, what were some of the hardships that you've endured? What were some of your favorite memories? And it was just this very specific moment of we get so busy in education, mm -hmm. completing tasks. We get so busy looking towards the next break or looking towards the next, you know, assessment, state assessment that we have. I wrote this down as you were chatting. I said, we are a profession of extremes, right? Because we are working so hard throughout the year that when summertime hits, we go the other extreme. We shut our computers, we check out, and we mm -hmm. are not going to think about school until it starts coming. Sure. And so just trying to give them this very tangible moment of reminder of this is a fantastic profession that if we don't at times remind ourselves why we chose it, if we don't at times remind ourselves, even thinking about a, a marriage, right? When I married my wife, we celebrated 18 years. The vision that we had for life and family then is radically different now. And although we haven't had an actual renewing of vows, we are constantly trying, having intentional conversations of like, okay, where do we want to go? What's the purpose here? And I feel like we should do that as educators. I've been talking for a very, very long time. So no, uh, I just I, it's, it's been great. <laughs> and even like, and that can be like family stuff, right? Like, so having yeah. my teacher sit down and say like, okay, you renew your educational vows and you have these goals. And let's say you, you reach all of your professional goals, but your wife and kids don't want to be there because you've kind of been absent for the past three or four years is that worth it to you just right. giving us these moments where i feel like this is the healthiness that we need in our schools that can allow teachers they're not just staying because it's it's the next thing to do they've walked through the process they've analyzed it and they have chosen they've chosen to say i mm -hmm. want to do this again it's a it's a really unique experience the whole contract signing because most professions do not do this and yes. uh, you know you get your you 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 accept a job and you have that job until you either leave or company downsizes or yep. you know whatever it is 
the renewing of a contract is something very, very unique with only a few professions. And you're right. It should be something that is celebrated and marked as you are yes. signing up for, you know, another yes. year or two or however long the contract is of this really, really, really important work. But you are right. I used to put the letter in my teacher's mailbox and yes. that was it. And I would say, this needs to get back to the district office. It doesn't even go back to me. It goes back to the district office. Yep. yep. Um, and I never thought really anything of it until you just brought it up and because that's it was, it's such experience. a transactional, it's a transactional yeah. uh, activity. And so um, I think that's really important that, and I'm hoping our listeners are, are, are grabbing onto this, you know, and, and to, to make a note for, you know, when you hand those contracts out in, in whatever it's done in your district, you know, April or, or May, um, Let's Think make a big deal out of it. About it, you know, it's a celebration. It's you know, should be a happy thing. Um, and the other thing that you mentioned, as far as like you know, those tangibles, um, I love that as well. And 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 one thing that I I did several times was right at the beginning of the school year when there was that excitement and anticipation and and you know, there's that energy that's in the air that you can feel. Um, I had all of my teachers write a handwritten note to themselves. Yes, and I and I told them that I would give it to them at some point in the year, and it was like a you know I told them that it was kind of like a a pep talk letter, like you know like imagine you know things are just not going the way you want them to, struggling whatever it is. How would you pick yourself up and write yeah. that letter down? And uh, I said you know you're going to seal it in your envelope. I am not opening these. These are not for me. These are for you. But I will give them to you at a certain point in time. And when we would do this exercise, um, they would hand me back the letters. Within like a week, they'd forget about the activity because, you mm -hmm. know, new kids are coming in, they're just getting started. Um, but it was when they needed it the most, and I could tell when they needed it the most, it could be several months, you know, down the road, that letter would appear in their mailbox, or I would put it on their desk so that they would see it first thing in the morning, and they had forgotten all about it. And um, many of them would come back to me after this exercise and said, like, I need, I needed to hear from me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, back when we started the school year. So, you yeah. know, thank you for the exercise because it's it, they need that that tangible. I think is so important, and um, you know, we forget the the struggles that that our teachers are going through. I, I like what you said too about we are like game on for nine months. Like we yeah. are just go 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 go, and then those summer months, it's the opposite because we we need to shut down our minds and our bodies because we're exhausted. Um, yeah. And it's in those it's in those winter months. It's the January, February, where I always notice my teachers really struggling. They were tired. Um, yep. The weather's not always the best, and yep. they need that pick me up. And um, you know, there's so many different ways to do that. So I, I love the banana. The banana thing I think would be hilarious. Just like, why am I bringing this banana? Oh, like man. it's so random. But like, and again, I'm hoping some of the some of these school leaders out there take that idea because. How like imagine your stuff like I have a banana like that's yeah. like oh you know. man uh, again I stole it from Stan Tall Steve if you know him uh, but like, it's great you you also get to know like the personalities of your staff because some staff loved it and they were excited about it and I you know some of your type A strong type A teachers their anxiety was freaking through the roof of like <laughs> what is Miller doing what are we gonna do do I need to come prepared and they just were walking up and down the hallways asking people and I just had a good chuckle I'm like don't worry about it just yeah. show up we're gonna have a good time but I think that's I think that's 
so important too, because, and I've worked with a lot of school leaders where, you know, the staff meetings are, they're so cut and dry and it's yeah. just like very, again, transactional. Here's your information. Yep. They shouldn't be like that. You know, yeah. I, I'm the big, I'm a big proponent of like, yeah, if you could do it in an email, do it in an email. You don't need to bring sure. people together just to talk at them. But yeah. like things like this, they build, you know, they build, you know, legality they build shared experiences where like yeah, yeah. teachers are going to remember yeah yeah miller put put a banana in our boxes like they're going to talk about that for a long time like we, we had no like no explanation just bring this to the staff meeting yeah they're going so to remember actually, that just the way you phrased that um you just hit on a, a a phrase that i've been wrestling with over the summer you said remember when miller fill in the blank and a phrase that i've kind of been wrestling with is don't forsake the power of remember when Mm -hmm. And that can be negative and positive, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're in crisis and things are hard, a sentence that you'll hear often when we talk about it, you know, once, once it's in the past, remember when, and it can either be, remember when I was really struggling and Miller never showed up. Remember mm -hmm. when I was struggling and Miller barked at me because I just was having a bad day, right? So us as That's leaders right. need to be very conscientious of how we're reacting to people in crisis, but also remember when Miller brought bananas? Right. And then everyone kind of smiles and that power yeah. of remembrance, that power of breaking the norm, doing something different and, and just kind of saying, you know what, we're going to be like we ask our teachers and students all the time, be creative, think outside the box. Well, we need to be modeling that. And I love that concept of providing remember when mm -hmm. moments for our staff. Yeah, well, we and we talk about that with students all the time. And it's it's that that phrase of, you know, they're going to remember how you made them feel. Sure. You know, as teachers to students, sure. you know, much more than like what you taught them. Sure. And I, you know, the teachers that I remember the most from when I was in school, I couldn't tell you what I learned from them. Um, sure. It was the content, but I remember that I enjoyed their class. They were, yep. um, they had a great sense of humor. They, um, yep. I, could, I, I remember they cared about me. Uh, yep. I remember those things. And, um, we we tell that with teachers with students all the time, but rarely as adults hmm. do we have that same conversation of, you know, teachers are going to work with a lot of different principals in their career. Who how are they going to remember you? They're not going to remember you as like oh like that was the year that my test scores went up you know twenty points yeah because we you know did this new intervention. No, they're going to be like I had a principal who made us bring bananas. Like they're going to remember <laughs> that, and that's important. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, they're like, yeah, that was fun, you know, yeah. and I think we've gotten away from a lot of that where, you know, and education has been like this for a long time where it's, you know, test score, test score, test score. Yeah. And I think now we're, we're realizing the effects of that. And again, you put the pandemic on top of that and, and yeah. the struggles that people are going to, it's going to be, remember when, remember when yeah. we did this and remember when we did that and how that made us feel. And that yeah. is so much more important when we talk about you know renewing these educational vows i think that's exactly what it is it's remembering why we're yeah. in this profession you know i yeah. um i i have personal friends of mine that are in careers that you know span the whole gamut of, of the workforce but i'm trying to think of like you know my my older brother who's a lawyer you know him being you know him attending like a meeting as law firm i don't think you know one of their head lawyers is saying hey bring this banana you know, to, to, the, to our, to our meeting. Um, but that's why we're in education. That's what yeah. I mean. We do things like that and yeah. um, it makes us better teachers. It makes us better administrators. It makes us a better, you know, a staff that, that 
again, those shared experiences are so important. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, the intangible tangible. Um, that's going to be so important this year. And I think it's a great tagline for things. I'll have to figure out how I might, I might steal that and use that in the future, but that yeah, it, it's that, you know, what can we do? And I, and I, and I, I think it's more than, you know, I, I see, I see, school leaders in, in the, in the principal's desk group all the time, like, Oh, like I'm going to give this out to staff members on, on Friday. I'm going to put like a bookmark in their mailbox. That's not what your teachers need. They need that experience. They need that, yeah. you know, make them feel better. Uh, and that's that yeah. intangible, make it tangible. Well, if I can even uh, maybe take that here, here's another, just, I, struggle or maybe just a reality that, that I want to yeah. I want to consistently model and, and keep at the forefront of my thoughts, which is if you think of teachers and educators or just people in general, if you think of them some of the most cutting comments that you've had about you that have just mm -hmm. wrecked your world, that have cut you to the core, what makes them so hurtful is that they're so very specific, right? Mm -hmm. They're specific about you as a person and it's probably true to some extent. And so it just, you internalize it and it's, and it's acute and it's accusation mm -hmm. or it's criticism, but oftentimes our positive towards others is very generic. He's a, he's a good person. You're really nice. It's not, it's not nearly as specific. And so we can't hang our hat on it. Right. So this is kind of tangible yeah. idea. And so when we do things, and I think as educational leaders or teachers or whomever, just people, we try our best to be encouraging people. We try our best to be kind. And we have all good intentions when we do these acts of a bookmark in somebody's uh, mailbox or a little note of you're awesome. You are loved today. Thank you for all you do. Right. There's good intentions to that. And I think that there's some, some merit to that. But when I'm having a, a really, really crappy day and I get an email from a parent or from a teacher that says you failed in this very specific area, that little note card on the wall that says you're awesome today does nothing. Nope. But that note card that reminds me, hey, when I was having a rough day, you sat with me or you were mm -hmm. so patient with that teacher the other day. And I just want to say thank you for that. That's the specific mm -hmm. tangible reminder that I can say, yes, you're right. That I can grasp that. And so that's the importance, I think, when we give our affirmations or our, our words of encouragement they have to be as specific as the negative comments that will be made. Otherwise they get lost. True. Uh, and the other thing that, that I'm kind of thinking about right now is it's those negative experiences, like the note from the parents, you know, or the phone call, you know, from parent, you know, that, that is just wrecks the teacher's day. That's done in private. Like yes. that's the teachers alone in their room, either with the parent yes. or on the phone or reading it. That's a good and point that experience of knowing that like, oh, you know what? I remember last time this happened, my principal like sat with me for an hour. We talked through it, made me feel so much better. As a teacher, knowing, you know, that remember when, yeah, having that experience in the back of my mind as I'm reading this new letter or dealing with this new phone call, I'm going to feel not great, but maybe just that much better where it's like, you know what? Yeah. I know I have someone who I can go to who's going to yep. make me feel better, who's going to help me come up with a strategy to get past yep. this. I'm not alone because yep. a lot of that happens when teachers are alone in their classroom or yep. they go home and they're reading their email and there's no one for them to reach out to. And education yep. can be a, 
even though we're around people all day long, it can be a very lonely profession yeah. at this time. And I think a lot that's, of people- And that's understand. the loneliest part, right? That you're around mm-hmm. people all day long, but they don't know you. They don't know what you struggle. I want to go back to what you just said, because that it, to me is very, very powerful. And it's a very, I think, astute um, point in that when we oftentimes get our cr- criticisms, it's alone, right? Mm-hmm. It's very isolating. And what I want to say is these tangible things that we provide our, our staff, our students of reminders of who they are. If I can go back to this lead in the water or like lead in this moment of crisis, a boat that is in the midst of a storm that has a strong anchor, it still is battered. It still is moved around by the storm. It still has to endure the storm, but it has an anchor that, that keeps it safe, that doesn't allow it to get lost. And that's what these things do. They don't protect our staff and our students from the harshness of humanity, but they anchor them to something that they can endure it and not get lost in the storm. And that's the goal of what we're trying to do. And like you say, if I have this note on my wall from a teacher or from a principal that gave me this very specific, kind, encouraging word that they could speak into me specifically, when I'm in a storm, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to say, they actually know me. I'm Mm -hmm. going to go to that person and I'm going to open up to that person. Absolutely. And You know, for, for our listeners out there, I want you to think about your staff and I want you to think about, you know, those individual staff members. Does everyone have someone that they can go to, hmm. um, you know, during those times? I can recognize that, you know, during my time as a principal, not every staff member that I worked with, you know, would would come to me with, sure, you know, their, the, the problem um, for whatever reason. I just I wasn't the right person for them. Sure. Um, and that I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, I wish they'd come to me. Um, but what I should have been thinking of was, I'm glad they have somebody else. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be me. Um, and there are people that, like, I would talk to, and I'm wondering if they felt the same thing about me. And it's, I, I don't have to be there for everybody, but someone has to be there for everybody. And as you think about your staff, I want to encourage our listeners just to make sure everyone does have that critical friend there. Yeah. who like when, when it goes down, they know that like, I can go to this person and I can share with them what's going on and they're going to help me get through this. Um, but I do remember being a newer teacher and feeling very lonely and not yeah. knowing who I can turn to yeah. when I did have a parent scream and scream, you know, right in my face, you know, about how horrible I was. And I remember being devastated and then also not knowing like what do like what do I do? Who can I talk to? I yeah. don't know if I want to talk to my principal. I'm a new teacher. Like I don't want. Am I going to get in trouble? Everyone's yelling at me. Yeah. And then yeah. Is is he going to point out all of my flaws? Like and everything I did wrong. I don't think he would have. But again, like teachers. I mean, we go through that. That's what you know. And so like, but if you can go to a colleague, another teacher, that's great. Um, but I think a lot of folks don't have that. But knowing there's that tangible person there yeah i i think is is really really important i think we're going to need that more than ever uh as we as we hit this new school year agreed yeah um well i i uh this has been awesome i i I think this conversation is so important here uh brian i'm wondering if we can um if there's any way we can have a copy of your presentation or maybe just some information about it in the notes Sure. Of this podcast, if you would be so gracious to post that, and then <clears throat> um, everyone can take a look at that. And then, uh, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to follow up with you, learn more about 
you know, I guess your journey and the work that you do, how, how can we encourage our, our listeners to do that? Um, the easiest way, if you just go to millerbryan.com, uh, it's kind of the, the website that I run and the blog that I run. Um, all of my, my tags are there, right? My Twitter, uh, my, my email, all that kind of stuff is there. Um, so I would say that's the simplest and easiest way. Um, but I know the educators and educational leaders are big on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is, is Miller underscore Brian underscore T. Um, and those are probably just the two easiest ways. Um, and I, yeah, I would be thrilled. I, I, I had to do a, a, or there's a little write-up for my NAESP um, workshop that I can send you. But if somebody wants more detail, that's pretty generic. But if you want more detail, you want more conversation around, uh, the title was Leading the Water, um, Five Strategies for Leaders Who Are Leading in the Midst of, conf- in the midst of Crisis. And that's like either personal crisis, building crisis, whatever it might be. So I would love to kind of walk people through that uh, and, and be a part of that. So millerbryan.com is probably the best way to find any sort of handle. Awesome. And we'll put all this information in the notes of this podcast. Uh, so for folks that are listening, it'll all be there. Uh, the website to the blog, uh, presentation link, and um, you know access to all the socials. And so I just encourage everyone to reach out to Brian if you want to have this conversation more. Um, always great to have, uh, you know, for school leaders, just a critical buddy that's maybe outside of your building, outside of your district, outside of your state, just to connect with. Because the that you know we talked about the education being a lonely profession, the principalship. It's a very lonely profession. Uh, I did not have an assistant principal for half of my time. And uh, I, I, yeah, I remember being, being lonely. And so there are a lot of folks out there that would love to talk, love to chat. Brian's one of them. Uh, But thanks so much, Brian, for, for coming out on the podcast today. This is David. Thank you so much. And if I can just encourage one thing on your point there, um, educational leadership is incredibly lonely. And as a, when I was an elementary principal, I was the only principal in that building. Uh, as a middle school principal, I have two associates. But what happens if like your strife and struggle is with your other principals, right? Like, what if you can't go to them? So I will tell you that through the principal's desk, um, I've met two or three other principals who do not live in Montana. And I text with them all the time. And I meet with one or two of them about once every other week on a Zoom or on a uh, phone call. And it is probably the, the healthiest decision that I have made in the last year or so, which is being able to find somebody who understands who I'm at. They don't know who I'm talking about. And I can be very transparent um, and just kind of either, either just airing my grievances or just finding advice. So if you're listening to this, there are 200 plus thousand followers on the principal's desk. Uh, find somebody that you seem to resonate with. Reach out to them and just say, hey, let's, let's start chatting more consistently. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, and, sir. And uh, best of luck on the upcoming school year. Thanks. You as well. Thank, Thank you, brother. You. Hey, everyone. This is David, the founder of The Principal's Desk. If you want to learn more about the professional development services that we offer, please check out www.principalsdesk.org or email us at info at the principalsdesk.org.